Hello out there! It's time for the Hockey Minute. Your source for all your hockey news and some opinion. Strap in for the fastest news in the NHL. This episode is proudly brought to you by... Absolutely nobody. We don't have any sponsors. Now here's your hosts, Brandon and Ryan. And here we are. Welcome back to another edition of the Hockey Minute. I'm your host, Brandon. With me, as always, my co-host, Ryan. And today we've got a great news blast for you. But first, please give us a rating and subscribe on Apple. And as always, you can follow everything we've been up to on our website, thehockeyminute.com. Well, before we get into our show, let's check in with my co-host, the Batman who's built like Captain America. Ryan, <laughs> how you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing well, man. I, uh, for those that can't see me, this is going to come out on YouTube, I'm assuming. Otherwise, I just look stupid. <laughs> I'm wearing a suit jacket with Batman print because this is like our Halloween news blast. Um, outside of that, I'm doing pretty good. I've laid off the Halloween candy. And uh, I know your uncle was concerned about my marriage prospects. I just want to let Warren know I've... Well, I'm still keeping my options open. Um, how are you doing, man? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing good, buddy. I, I think Warren's married, so I think your avenue is going to be closed on that one. But well, yeah, okay. That's I came out wrong. Eh? Okay. <laughs> no, he's he's going to appreciate that. No, man, I'm I'm doing great, man. We uh, we got some good fun news to get into here, so let's hit it, man. We got our news blaster top five stories of the week. Uh, d- number one, Doc Emmerich is retiring from hockey, and so is the term waffleboarded. The Blackhawks sent out a Rangers-type letter to the fans that wasn't received nearly as well. The Seattle Kraken hires seven hockey personnel, including the legendary trainer Gary Roberts. Mike Hoffman, still out on the market. Rutanen gets one more chance, again. And uh, do you got balls? Colorado does. They got a new arena name, and I'm not really sure I like it. <laughs> All right, man. So let's let's get into the first one here. Doc Emmerich, I think he's obviously more well known in the states, but just a legendary voice in hockey, and uh, he's been doing the NHL game. So I think anybody who's played any of the EA Sports games in the last I don't know, decade plus are more than familiar with his waffle boarded and all these other terms. But I just think more than that, it's uh, it's kind of the end of an era. Big big voice moving on. Yeah, he he. Uh, you know, you and I are Canadian. Like it it doesn't mean too much to us because i never really watch the nbc feeds on hockey but uh i was talking with jules today and and jules mentioned that yeah he's a he's like an icon he's he's america's bob cole basically and so it is kind of a you know it's a big day for uh, the u.s and and their broadcasting i know on instagram nbc sports was pumping out uh post after post of iconic calls and uh, he's been around for a long time and you know that's that's kind of the nice thing about being an announcer if your voice holds up you're pretty much guaranteed you got a job Mm -hmm. uh, as long as you want so um, I guess the question now Brandon is who takes over and I I don't know (laughs) I'd love to see Gord Miller get it but I don't think he's as big. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think he's got a pretty good deal with TSN, and we can we can cut this part. <laughs> but you're just you're just reminding me as long as the voice holds up. And I was just thinking, well, the, the mind is pretty important too. And then I was just imagining, what if Joe Biden had a play by play voice, like play by play job? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. He's like, uh, listen, listen, guys. Uh, they're gonna dump the puck in the thing. I mean, the thing in the 
puck. I mean, uh, <laughs> oh, but yeah, I mean, if if you haven't heard Doc Emmerich's creepy laugh when he's, uh, I don't know, if it was a creepy laugh, but it looks like he got goosed or something on camera when he's trying to when he's trying to make a call and he just he goes like hua hua hua, like the the sound that's coming out of his voice, out of his body doesn't it just doesn't make sense. It's a fantastic watch. Hopefully Matt can clip a little bit of it for this, but yeah, man, it's 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 hilarious. And now. Glass in the lineup and that rugged line out there and McElrath and all of them. Uh-huh. And now to Liam, Mike, and Keith. Like a Kawhi Leonard laugh, like the huh, 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 Yeah, you know, I think for, for NBC, I saw John Forslund's name was was up uh, as maybe a, yeah. a potential replacement for him. So uh, not really something they have to figure out right this second, but I mean, the timing couldn't work out better if you're John Forslund because you're, you know, you're mm-hmm. let go by the Canes. Just got canned, and, yeah. yeah. So, um, anyways, we'll, we'll move on from that. Chicago Blackhawks, Brandon, a team that won three Stanley Cups in six years. Uh, you know, five years after their last win, they send out a letter that the fan base. Look, I thought Canuck fans were insane. Mm-hmm. Guilty. But you guys didn't win three cups in six years. In fact, you've never won a Stanley Cup. Rub it in, yeah. Rickish, Rick, ricochet shot, yeah. I think it's insane that this team or this fan base rather is so like going berserk mm-hmm. on their GM from some of the moves he's made and uh I don't know man I mean what like what do you expect this is a part of the process when you're you're on the top of the mountain yeah you got to fall yeah this is the salary cap era but uh I mean I think it's just a product of not having very many fans at the start of this era and a lot of these guys came in as complete bandwagoners and uh, now they've only known success. Now that there's a bit of a rough patch, they don't really understand the the you know the problems of the salary cap era, or the ebbs and flows of the sports world in general. And I think they want Bowman's head, which I think is just insane, man. We'd be kissing his feet for years. I just don't get it. Yeah, and I mean, we would love to do a full breakdown of Chicago's trials and tribulations uh, to post on Chicago Blackhawks Reddit, but their mods are assholes <laughs> who banned me for simply asking a general question and treat that sub like it's Fort Knox and you have to have special permission to post there. So I'm going to say this, Blackhawks, I don't really care about you. I don't care about your fan base. I think you're nuts to to really criticize a guy. <laughs> yeah, sod, like... Brandon Saad, I feel bad for him because that guy is like, okay, you're traded out, and then you're coming back, and yeah. then, oh, you're traded out again. But, I mean, they're trying to navigate a salary cap because the players needed to get paid, and nobody predicted a flat cap. And besides, the team is building, like, that Adam Boquist mm-hmm. is going to be sick on the blue line. Uh, Kirby Doc is already a sick player. Like, look at the Canucks. The Canucks had, well, they had good years. I'm not going to say success. But then they had their down their down years, and they stockpiled picks, and they got Besser, and then they got Yolevi, then they got Pedersen, then they got Quinn Hughes. Like it, it's just slowly building up, and the team's going to trend up. I, I give it a couple of years, Chicago. You'll be back in the saddle because I mean Taves and Kane are are so nasty, and Debrinket and Strom, uh, Boquist on the blue line. Like this is a team that's poised to to really in two three years get right back up there in my opinion yeah you mentioned it off the top too the it's a, it was a rangers-esque letter right and when the rangers put out that letter it was i think two years after that that they were you know uh competing again right it, it, there's gonna be years of suffering and then like a season and a half later they're good to go so i'm curious if chicago is gonna pull the same yeah chicago needs to get like a premier free agent 
that can be a Hart Trophy nominee in year one, and then they need to have uh, two rigged draft lotteries <laughs> to help them get back. So, yeah. and I only I only say that because two of our our crew are Ranger fans. But I just yeah, I mean you're right. The Rangers put out that letter, and it was just I mean Kako and Lafreniere. You take that away, they still ended mm-hmm. up going out getting Panarin. Like for Chicago, maybe they could have figured out their salary cap situation ahead of time. Maybe made a push to bring in a guy like Petrangelo or or Tory Krug or somebody like that, but they didn't. So I don't know. I, I just I think the criticism to Stan Bowman, some of it is warranted, but I just feel like the guy created a dynasty in a cap era. Like, what do you want him to do now? So I don't know. Pump the brakes, Chicago fans. Well, the Seattle Kraken are going to be the most swole of all sea beasts come Gary Roberts' tenure there, man. He is going to have them absolutely shredded. You know, I was thinking about this, though, when they announced that, right? So you think about it like this, okay? When Vegas, when that team got picked, how many of those guys outside of Marc-Andre Fleury and then like Shea Theodore was a blue chip prospect, mm-hmm. but a lot of those guys were guys that their team didn't want and I'm, I'm thinking as i'm as i read that news article about gary roberts i'm like how many guys are going to be just kind of out of shape and they're going to get they're going to be exposed right mm-hmm. and then i thought about it i'm like gary roberts is either going to make or break the seattle kraken in year one because some guys might go there and embrace it and other guys like can you imagine pat maroon after two off seasons <laughs> of drinking beer if they're like ah, yeah we don't need you pat and he goes to seattle and gary roberts is like hey you're gonna be carb free <laughs> now you think about it seattle is very like granola so gary roberts will fit right into the culture there but um you're right that team uh, is now is kraken is a myth though brandon like what's uh hey come on so is godzilla right but i mean it could, there's still a chance it's true mothra it's 2020 buddy mothra. <laughs> there's, there's time left <laughs> yeah don't yeah don't jinx it <laughs> um but yeah i mean uh, now does that is that something that uh, you'd like to see the Canucks get? Is a guy like that to come in and just be a total, like, this is how we're going to eat and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I think they already have somebody to that extent. I just don't think they have anybody with the name brand recognition of a Gary Roberts. And I think the way they work that deal is he's still, Gary Roberts is still allowed to kind of run his own personal business. At least that's yeah. what it sounds like. So he can kind of do both things. So it really just sounds like a glorified consulting contract for Gary Roberts to work with the team. But, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that, like, the Canucks, to their credit, are seem to always be kind of at the front line of these things for those, you know, they're willing to spend way above and beyond. And really one of the only ways teams can make themselves better um, is by spending above the salary cap in other ways, right? And this is the, the ways that the Toronto's and Montreal's, Vancouver's all seem yeah. to excel at. Yeah, and I, I think for Gary Roberts, yeah, you're exactly right. He's going to make this team... He's going to get him in shape. And I think that what happened with Vegas was a bit of a fluke because like William Carlson, for instance, had like 25 career goals. And then in year, year one, he got 40. Um, but I think that this is Seattle recognizing that, hey, teams that were trading, you know, uh, you know, we'll trade you uh, Clayton Stoner and we'll give you Shea Theodore, which is our top prospect, so that you don't take Cam Fowler for instance, Mm -hmm. Um, that's not going to happen. And I think Seattle is just saying, okay, well, how do we get our our new batch of players who we don't even know who they are yet, but we need to to get them in in shape to compete because nobody's going to be exposing, you know, uh, Amico Rantanen or something like that.
Maybe Toronto exposes Mitch Marner because they're like, fuck that contract. But <laughs> I doubt that. We should try and start that rumor. I don't think we have the clout yet, but I just, I wish, I wish I had the poll. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just throw it out on Instagram. A source has told me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of guys that are uh, available, it's not just me, Brandon. <laughs> Mike Hoffman, he's still on the market too. So Surprise, I mean, surprise. you think about this. Uh, I know. And you think about this. This is a guy that's good for 25 goals minimum. And yep. To be honest, I think on TSN's free agent board, they had him like fourth or fifth uh, prior to all the, the the other signings. So, I mean, what's your opinion on this? What 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 makes him unsignable right now? I don't know if it's him. I think he's probably waiting for a lot of money. And I think a lot of these teams are waiting for arbitration to finish up to know what the salary cap is actually going to look like. Because if there's these big awards, quite a few teams won't be you know able to be in on them. So... I think he just he knows his value, and I think he's waiting it out a little bit because I'm sure he wants the five to five and a half. I think the Tyler Toffoli contract is a bit too cheap for him, even though I'd probably take Toffoli. Yeah, I think they're the the, the same age. Um, yeah, I kind of almost wonder why he doesn't just take a Taylor Hall type, give me one year at seven mil or whatever, whatever he wants, and, and just sign. But I mean, how many teams out there? I mean, there's a, there's a few teams out there that would love to have a winger that can fill your top six. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah, at a fairly high cost, I guess, in a flat cap era. But, I mean, this again, like I said, this is a guy that's a 25-goal minimum. He's purely a power play guy, though, right? I mean, I shouldn't say purely, but I think that's where he kind of makes most of his hay. So uh, there's certain teams, like, for example, I don't think he makes that much sense in the Canucks. I know I always go Canucks, but they're just two I know the best. And it's like yeah. he's not he's not being on the, like, so And with the Canucks power play, you've got Patterson on, on the right wing, mm-hmm. which is exactly where Hoffman needs to set up. So he's only getting PP2 time, and he's just getting cleanup crew. Well, it's like, do you want to pay a guy 6 or $7 million to play cleanup crew in your second power play? And then, you know, you could be the... Be a, a winger for sure for either of those top two lines, but he's not defensively responsible enough, really, I don't think, to be on one of those two lines for a cup contender. So it just he's kind of this middling position that I think leaves him, maybe he's going to be hung out to dry. Um, you know, I, I'm sure there's still somebody who's going to pay him four or five million for a year or two, but uh, I think he's okay to wait. I think there's probably enough interest that he thinks com- he feels he's comfortable waiting. Yeah, no, I mean he's definitely one dimensional. I'm not saying that that he's like this, you know, Yuri Lettinen type two way winger. Yeah, but I'm just more thinking there's. I'm kind of surprised he's still available considering there are teams out there that that need the offense and and the fact that he's still available. Yeah, maybe it's just his ask is way too high, but I think at some point he, you know, like it took Taylor Hall a few days too, and he was finally like, you know what, let me sign one year, yeah, and I'll I'll make a big chunk of change for that one year. But for Hoff or yeah, for Hoffman, he's I think he was a 2010 draft pick as well. Could be wrong about that. He might have been a year or two after, but either way, I, I'm just a, a little surprised to see him out there still. So maybe Vegas will pick him up because the <laughs> salary cap apparently doesn't exist yeah. in Vegas. So. What about what about somebody like the Rangers? I'm just looking on their cap friendly. They've got a little little uh, under 11 million. They need centers though, man. You can't have Mika Zibanejad yeah. and then Ryan Strom be your one and two center. That, that's not going to win you a cup, Matt. <laughs> that's not going to win you a cup. You need a you need Kuznetsov and Backstrom. That's what's going to win you a cup. <laughs> yeah, they'll they'll come over after Obi signs in free agency. <laughs> All right, so moving on to uh, another. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Sorry, buddy. 
Uh, moving on to another thing that's there's part of me moving back to the Canucks. Uh, Jake Vertanen gets gets another 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 last chance. It feels like he's always on his last leg here. Maybe it's just the market they focus on him so so intensely. But I mean, he's uh, he seems to have played himself into a pretty decent contract, two and a half million AAV over two years. Kind of backloaded, so he's going to get a huge qualifying offer for him uh, if he stays with the Canucks or whoever he ends up with. But it seems like yeah, there's just a phenomenal opportunity in front of them. They lost to Foley on the wing, so now they've got this spot that's just look, begging for a winger with his skill set. If he can keep his head in the game for a season, he can just make absolute hay for himself further down the line. You know what? I'm going to let you just go off because I know you've got a lot of thoughts on this. I, I personally think that they don't deserve, or he doesn't deserve, to keep getting these types oh. of opportunities when, when you look at the fact he was... And I know he was Benning's first ever pick, and maybe that's why there's this... You know, we talked about last uh, last week about Mark Bergevin tearing up over Brendan Gallagher. Well, I just imagine Jim Benning getting this contract signed, going, "Yes, my boy." <laughs> um, I think it's just amazing that they give this guy so many chances. When yep. you look at who was picked in that same draft class, that have, I mean, you know, Sam Bennett didn't live up to fourth overall necessarily, but Sam Bennett is still a guy that gives it his all every night and and uh, does whatever it takes. And Vertan and doesn't really fight he doesn't really play an overly physical game and he really should so i mean what's uh, i just want to let you kind of go off here because i know you've you've off uh, off air you're always sharing your thoughts with me about (laughs) jake the snake i just you know i'm actually kind of a a, i'm I'm in the middle on bending i guess I, i see the light in some of the things that he does and some of the things are frustrating louis and all that kind of stuff but just when it comes to britannon man like Toffoli just signed for four and a half million with montreal and it's like, so if they let Jake walk and they signed to Foley for that exact same contract, they would have been an extra million and a half over on the books. But they could, you know, I think they're worried about, or not, they're, they're planning on uh, LTI retiring Furland when he comes back. That's kind of what it looks like. Or they'll, they'll make, they, they're obviously got some move like that in the cards. So, like, I just feel like they could have shored the team up with an actually competitive top six winger who's proven that he can win instead of having this, like, hope and a prayer on your first draft pick. It just drives me crazy. Yeah, I mean, hey, Benning, Benning, uh, Benning's a real ride or die. So, <laughs> I think it's, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. just don't, I don't know what to yeah. say, man. Like, I, yeah, part of me wants to see Vertanen succeed because I think his his skill set is pretty unique. Like, how many guys are his size with his speed um, you know, yeah. I mean, like, like I'm a huge Tom Wilson fanboy, and even I don't think he gets up to Jake Vertanen level of speed, and they're they're kind of a similar build. But it just seems like Vertanen was drafted sixth overall, and and thought, well, I can play like a sixth overall guy. But yeah. he doesn't, you know, he, he lacks finish. He sometimes he makes these blind passes that are just kind of stupid plays, and takes the odd bad penalty, and it's just kind of like, okay, man, like you got to figure out who you are. But the Canucks, you know, when they lose everybody in, in the offseason, it seems like they, they really just wanted to keep him. Um, so, I don't know. Man, Tom, Tom Wilson has, like, Gretzky-esque hockey IQ compared to Jake Vertanen. <laughs> oh, compared to Jake Vertanen? <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, whoa, that's the yeah. nicest thing anyone's ever said about Tom Wilson. But, <laughs> yeah. No, no. I just mean in comparison to Vertanen, man. That, that dude just makes so many, like, I, I call him a big Mason Raymond all the time, right? He just huge takes the puck around the outside to the back of the net and probably loses it throwing it into the slot with a blind pass drive you crazy maybe add, add fall down to to complete the bingo and then you can take a drink but man it's just brutal <laughs> dude i played with a kid growing up this kid was like you just hit the nail on the head this kid had like some pretty decent hands great shot 
um, but he was afraid to get hit. So he used to always skate across the blue line, and then he would no look, and he'd come down the left side, left shot, okay, left-hand shot, coming down the left wing. Mm-hmm. As the defender would angle him off, he would no look, backhand pass, blindly into the middle of the ice, would get picked off every time. And uh, and I remember thinking, this guy. Now he, he, I think he went on just based on his size and and uh, his speed and everything alone. He got a couple of games in the BCHL, but I remember thinking this guy is going nowhere. And all the tools are there, but he just could yeah. never put it together. So hopefully, for no toolbox. Yeah, exactly. Well, we we lied to you guys. Uh, we don't have five stories. We have six. Because uh, yeah, this this one's a bonus. This is the the, the dangly extra bit. <laughs> literally this is uh this is not a vora ad shout out colin mulvey and, and vora uh this is the arena change for the colorado avalanche and i'd love to hear what on the bench with beaks thinks about this one they go from the pepsi center which is a pretty you know pretty cool name Pepsi's a good drink i i prefer it over coke and they go right to the ball arena and it begs the question what kind of ball? Football, basketball? No, no, just ball. <laughs> uh, ball is a, a company that apparently that makes like packaging for household, you know, needs and, and you know toothpaste okay. and mason jars and that kind of thing. So, uh, really unique uh, niche kind of market for them. I'm sure they do very well for themselves if they can afford to slap their name on an arena, but. Hmm. I mean, come on, dude! Like, you got to come up with something a little bit more. Like, make it like at least catchy not just like ball arena what would you name your arena if i had to implement a company like ball yeah you're in denver colorado call it like the snowball arena or something i don't know make something up be more creative <laughs> than just ball arena because when i read that if you don't know the nba a little bit there's a guy named lavar ball who's got three sons that are like top nba prospects or you know uh, his son lonzo makes pretty good money playing for new orleans and i thought to myself this guy is I mean, LeVar Ball compared himself to Michael Jordan, said he could beat Michael Jordan at a game of one-on-one. As you do. Uh, yeah, you know. And then he also started a company uh, with his three sons as the faces of the company called Big Baller Brand. And I thought for a brief second this man's gone completely off the edge and just bought the Colorado Avalanche naming rights to the arena <laughs> and just was like Ball Arena. But no, it's it's a company that is it, it does exist. And uh, so I, I guess... I'll throw it over to you, Brandon. What's like, what's the most bland arena name that you can think of? And what's the name that you would, if Rogers Arena, if Rogers lost the contract for the Canucks, would you, uh, what would you like to see up there on the wall? Most bland arena names are definitely the Rogers Arena, Rogers Place, Rogers whatever. <laughs> they are, they are the most bland. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I think about this kind of stuff pretty often actually like i, I kind of wish that there was some more kind of flavor between each different arena like there was a real home ice advantage whether it was being able to change the dimension slightly of the rink to have a home ice you know a slightly shorter width or whatever something like that to make it a bit different or have it more imposing uh, just but as, as far as a name goes i don't know like i, I really like this the saddle dome i like things that have character and flavor to it so something like that for for vancouver i think would be great uh, maybe the, uh, the the smokable. I don't really know what what would apply for out west. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good one. No, because I mean, you think about it too, right? Like you said, it's every arena seems to have like a nickname, right? It was, you know, like you look at uh, Madison Square Garden. Well, they just call it uh, MSG. Um, the Saddle Dome is not actually called the Saddle yeah. Dome. It's like the Scotia yeah, Bank exactly. Saddle Dome, but it's just the Saddle Dome, right? Uh, Chicago's mm-hmm. got the Madhouse on Madison. It's I don't even know what their arena name is. It's just the Madhouse on Madison. So it's like this is opening up 
<laughs> some real avenues for some trash talk yeah. when you're, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, it's just, it's going to be, you know, I mean, God forbid that place uh, <laughs> loses heat. It'll be, you know, yeah. chili, chili ball arena or something like that. The whole that, place so. is going to shrink. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about shrinking the ice surface in the ball arena, uh. Brandon. You know, like when his people are just funneling out to the overhead view of a helicopter above is just going to, I'm not even going to finish that sentence. You can kind of guess where I'm going with it, but, All right. but, uh, yeah, it'll be, I mean, it's just so many names. I think that's probably a perfect place for us to wrap it. Unless you have anything else you want us to touch on here before we go. Well, you can't wrap it, Brandon, or the people will never get out of the ball arena. I don't think you're supposed to wrap the balls anyway. I don't know. Uh, all right. Well, Thanks. Yeah, for now, for for this minute. Thanks, uh, thanks everybody for listening. Whoever's whoever's still out there with us, uh, we'll, from Brian and Brandon, we'll catch you next time on the Hockey Minute. Balls, balls. We'd like to take a second to thank you, the listener, for joining us, and a big thanks goes to our writers and production team, Jules, Mark, and Matt. We couldn't do this without you. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the Hockey Minute, as well as leaving voicemails on our anchor page at Hockey Minute. And always make sure to subscribe to whichever platform you listen to your podcast. That's going to do it for us. This is Brandon and Ryan. We'll talk to you next time on the Hockey Minute. Hey, Matt, how are your balls? Are they snug in that Vora underwear that you purchased? <laughs> <laughs>